When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment automated investment and savings app, your money will go to work They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, February 11th. Mark, remember when I said it was February, but it was January when the whole GameStop thing was going on? <laughs> and neither of us caught it. I pay much more attention to the dates now, don't I? This is a program that takes the mystery out of your financial life and also hopefully helps you navigate whatever financial issues are ahead of you. And maybe you just have a question about something in the news. Maybe you have a question about your taxes because, heck, tax season opens tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. And maybe it's about, I don't know, um, maybe it's about your investments. Could be about your career. I think I've been getting a lot of questions about career lately. It's very interesting to me. If you want to ask a question, all you have to do is send an email, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. All right, this email is from Anonymous. Hello, Jill and Mark. We want to save for our one and a half year old twin girls college and also maybe give them a start to their adult savings. One and a half twin girls, Mark. You think you have a hard time? Think about that, man. Okay. We hope they will go to college, but whether it will be in the U.S. is still unknown. Hmm, this is interesting. Also, we do plan to support their decision if they decide their own paths when the time comes. Given that we live in Texas, there's no state income tax there, and the fact that we want to have flexibility for them to use the money for non-education expenses after high school, like if they were to decide to go to vocational uh, school or apprenticeship or whatever, We think a 529 plan is not the best investment vehicle. Probably right. If you want flexibility and it's not necessarily only for college, you're right. That said, Mark is always a fan of using the 529 because it's probably going to be for college and you just pay the fee to get out. But okay. Anonymous says that they are planning to open a new brokerage account under my wife's name. The account would be earmarked for our daughters, 50% each. We would deposit $2,000 a month into exchange-traded funds, Vanguard exchange-traded funds. Okay. Now, 
After 24 months, we're going to stop contributing and just let the magic of compounding happen for the next 13 years or so. Sounds good to me. About two years before they're about to enter college or any other regional reasonable projects, we would sell two years worth of their expenses required to help make their plans become reality. Okay. The proceeds uh, from the account would be deposited into a savings account that our daughters would have access to in subsequent years. We would sell one year worth of expenses ahead of the next tuition year. Okay. So you're getting ahead of it, right? So whenever you need money, you got to stay ahead of this. This is right on target. In 24 months, we should have contributed $48,000 into the account, assuming that we would let it grow for 13 years at an annual rate of 6%, it would grow to just over $100,000. That seems reasonable as a college savings amount. Once the money runs out, they should have graduated from their undergraduate studies. They should also be in a good position to fend for themselves, including getting grants for postgrad if that's something they want to pursue. Any money left in the account after they finish their undergrad would be given to them. They can do as they wish with it. Hopefully, they'll choose to start to invest. We know there are capital gains at play whenever you sell the index to generate cash. But bear in mind, this is okay given the flexibility the money in the brokerage account provides. Is this reasonable? Are we missing some big caveats that might come and bite us? In summary, are we nuts? Keep up the great job. Thank you for the wisdom you kindly share with all of us. Yeah, I mean, it is reasonable. What's your downside is that, you know, tax rates jump on you, um, that you could have had a much more tax efficient way, but you're paying that tax essentially to have flexibility. I'm okay with it. Keep an eye on it. And maybe you would change your mind also, right? Maybe as the kids get older, different things start to occur and you say, oh, actually, as it turns out, they are going to go to college. And you can always shift it into the 529 later also, you know? So, all right, I'm okay. Mark, you surprised I'm okay with this? Yeah, I mean, look, it's true. If you have, if you want optionality, if uh, if one of the spouses is a citizen of a country where you could go to school for free, if, you know, you are a, a professor at a university where they're picking up some big portion of tuition, you know, things like that, uh, we'll, we'll cut you some slack, but you know, you know what the downside issues are. Okay. Uh, Judith says I received a check for $1,138 from the department of unemployment insurance of Kentucky. Never been there nor worked there. Did not apply for any UI contacted them via website. No response called told the number was inoperable. They did send a letter informing me that my direct deposit effort, I made none, failed. So they would deposit another amount directly into my bank account. Weird. Of course, I have not cashed the check. I'm quite concerned that Kentucky sent me money to my correct address and my correct name wrong, but the wrong middle initial. Please advise. Judith, this is a big deal. Mark, had you heard about this crazy unemployment scam? So my sister actually had it happen to her. She got a notification from a state agency that said, here is your form 1099G, which is how states report unemployment insurance to people for their taxes. She's like, uh, I have a job. And so that's very bad. So here's what you have to do. You actually have to go to the state of Kentucky and make sure that you lodge a complaint and check out my blog post about taxes because I have a, a, you know, a little section there about this 
crazy unemployment benefits scam. And it's really bad news. So check that out. You've got to notify that state and you probably want to get yourself an IRS pin number just to protect yourself. You have been scammed for sure. Question is from, let's see, who is this from? Kelly. Here's Kelly, she says, or he says, don't know. I love these uh, gender non-specific names. I'm going to just say they. Hi, Jill. I was recently introduced to your podcast and I love it. Thank you for the golden nuggets of straight talk. Okay, on to my question. Kelly says, I'm a CPA. I work with two entrepreneurs that had an absolutely amazing 2020 despite the pandemic. They are wonderful, ethical, generous businessmen that believe they should share their profitability with the team. I was notified this week that I am being given a $75,000 bonus at the end of February. This is absolutely fantastic. I'm so grateful, but I'd like to get your thoughts on what to do with it. First, I'm concerned about tax ramifications. I make about $159,000. My husband makes about $70,000. We have three children, um, 17, 16, eight. Husband's maxing out his traditional 401k. He doesn't have a Roth option. I'm going to max out my 401k this year, not with my bonus, but with contributions each pay period. I can max out my 401k as a traditional or a Roth. I understand the Roth is wonderful because the taxes are paid up front. But now that I'm worried about our tax exposure for this year, should I do a traditional? All that said, what to do with the rest of it? Okay, let me just say one thing. It looks to me with the 75 grand, you pop into the 24% tax bracket. But you are already in the 22%. Like you're paying it on 24% versus 22%. It's pretty close. I'd probably still do the Roth. What about you, Mark? Mark's all Roth. He's going in. Okay, what about the rest of it? I need to fund my 16 and 17-year-olds 529s because their college days are fast approaching. I have about 20 grand in an emergency fund. I'd like to increase that to 30. All right, so do that. Make sure that that's 30. Then you can put some money in your 529 plans to get your kids going. You say you're making extra payments on your mortgage every month. Can you stop paying down your mortgage? It just doesn't seem smart to me. So if you have extra money beyond the funding of your emergency reserve fund, putting money in your 529 plans, yeah, you can put it into a non-retirement investment account. I would do it in a couple of different Vanguard index funds. And Kelly says, my advisor keeps telling me I should get permanent life insurance. I'm skeptical of that. Let me just say that is no advisor. That is a salesperson. So you need a new advisor also. So maybe you want to make sure you start shopping around for that. No to permanent life insurance. Yeah, Mark says, it is crazy that you say the kids don't have a lot for college savings and yet you're paying down extra on your mortgage. Why not use that extra money and pop it in the 529? Come on. Mark was meaner about it than I was. He said, hello, which is like one of the things my mother says. It drives me insane, Mark, by the way. She does. It's like a new tick of hers that she's adopted. Hi, Jill and Mark. This is from Kristen. Brand new listener. Yay. And I'm already addicted in a good way to the podcast and newsletter. By the way, if you'd like our newsletter, go to jillonmoney.com. Sign up. It comes out every Friday. Okay. Kristen says, I want to know if I'm on track to retire at age 65, sooner if at all possible, and what I can do now to make it sooner. I'm 62. I'm debt free. I make $79,000 a year, and I will receive a pension about $1,000 a month. 
Then there will be an additional account at uh, that has about 85, must be another retirement account. Then there is about, uh, let's call it 300 grand in Roth uh, IRA, another 153,000 in deferred comp at work, 10 grand in emergency reserve. Monthly expenses, about uh, 2350. But that also includes the contributions that I'm making to my deferred comp. So it's not 20, so let's call it two grand a month. It's probably really almost like 1500 a month. That's crazy. That's it? House is worth a half a million. I would like to retire to an area where I would need 600 grand for the type of house I want. I vague. Okay. If you've got $1,000 a month in a pension, right? And then I don't know what your social security benefit is, but it sounds to me like your pension and your social security will pay most of your needs. That's what it sounds like to me. So I wouldn't sweat it. I would rather you wait until you're 65 because how are you going to get health insurance? Do you have health insurance available to you? If you do, then maybe you can go early. But you know how I feel about these early decisions, man. It's, it's just you make it so hard on yourself. But it sounds like you don't spend a lot of money at all and you've saved a bunch of money. I'd be very careful about that house. You know, these houses. Oh, my God. People spending more on their retirement homes, Mark, than than their current homes. That's rough. Mark, is this my last question about Tesla stock? Okay, Melissa, the message is, is it a great idea to invest in Tesla stock? Yeah, it would have been if you did it a while back. But uh, okay. Are you asking this seriously? I'm sure you are. If you want to take a flyer on some investment, but it's not part of like your big portfolio, you're just going to take a flyer. If you want to take a small piece of money and throw it at an idea, fine. Okay. So what are those ideas? That could be um, money you invest because you're in a subreddit called Wall Street Bets and it's GameStop. That could be that you're buying some Bitcoin. That could be that you're buying some Tesla, that you want to dip your toe into a speculative investment. Do I think that's okay? Sure. All you need to know is that you could lose all of your money, that it's going to be a wild ride. You shouldn't need this money anytime soon. And it should really be maybe 5% of your total portfolio in these kinds of ideas. Okay. Can you live with that? Can you refrain from making this like your life's passion to put all of your money in one stock? It would have been great. Yes, but it's just not smart. Come on, gang. We know better than this. It is just uh, just now hours before tax season opens up. I know you're looking forward to it. So we're going to have a lot of stuff going on around tax season. I've got great stuff on the website. Just go to jillonmoney.com, look at the read tab, and you'll see about tax season. We've got a lot of information for you. And as always, if you sign up for our free weekly newsletter, you'll get that every Friday. And you can subscribe to this podcast because maybe you're not listening on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or radio.com. Maybe you're just listening on a website or you're listening on YouTube. So you can go to our website and you can subscribe. Otherwise, just subscribe where you're listening to this. And as always, we would like to remind you that our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.